This week's episode is sponsored by MTS Management Group. They have an amazing roster of fantastic female artists. Check them all out at mtsmanagementgroup.com. Hi, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks podcast, and today I'm talking to the amazing Kat Cunning. How are you doing? It's great to meet you. Great to meet you as well. Um, yeah, I just wanted to jump in and chat a little bit about um, your creative your creative energy during this crazy time. And uh, I, obviously your output is awesome because I, I got to listen to your new music. But uh, how's that been for you? Oh, thank you so much. You mean the crazy time of the pandemic, yeah. et cetera? Here? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really informative for me as an artist and really important. I have always, um, I tried really hard when I first graduated college to have a day job or a night job, if you will, as a waiter. And that didn't work very well for me. So I've always been able to turn performing into gigging um, mm-hmm. in one way or another. And so even when I've been like in TV shows and stuff, I've kept nightlife gigs and I've performed a lot. So this pandemic was a really cool opportunity for me to not have the option to fall back on that. And mm. I was just focus as a writer and also like recoup a little bit, which I think was more important than I realized at the time for me to do. So it's been a really creative year and um, a chance to take stock of where I live, what I want, what makes me feel pain. And it's come full circle. I'm now in Miami performing again. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's interesting because I think some people like it, it, it dampened creativity and other people that like really brought it out in them. And I, I find your new music really um, interesting. It's, it feels so intimate in certain ways. And then other, you know, other songs are just like smack you across the face, but, but, um, but I love the intimacy that, and the vulnerability that you put out in the music. Um, Thank you. Yeah. That's definitely my, like, um, most comfortable place to write from is just being really introverted and mm. sincere because I I don't know poetry was my first um, writing outlet at all and that's always a super introverted personal thing mm-hmm. but I'm really attracted to dancing to and performing music that isn't necessarily always just mining my own personal life it's nice to write stuff that's a little more simple that just creates the space to like dance mm-hmm. to or feel sexy to or whatever which is what I'm trying to incorporate into my project a little bit more because that's a very realistic part of my persona as a performer as well yeah and I guess maybe that that doesn't require as much of an emotional heavy lift like to just do something fun <laughs> yeah not as much of an emotional heavy lift but it is just as hard I used mm. to like sort of frown on um pop actually when I was little I was really snobby and I listen to really indie stuff and punk and stuff like that. And I have such a such respect for being simple in songwriting mm. now because I am always trying. Like, I, I think pop music is a place for a certain kind of poem where it can capture the way that people converse or if you can marry a melody to the emotions that people use when they just say, get out of my house or whatever. You make a song that is like like resonates with people without being too clever. So. I feel almost more excited when I write something that isn't super vulnerable because it's harder for me to do. Yeah, that that's really interesting. I do think that um, saying something powerful in a really simple way is not as easy 
as it, mm -hmm. as it looks in the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite songs of the last like year's releases is um, Lynn Gunn from Paris' song, Gimme a Minute. The chorus is, give me a minute, give me a minute. I thought I got through it. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, like, like yeah. that's a great description of just like something you might say in the middle of the day and to turn it into a song that like epitomizes that feeling. That's mm -hmm. really exciting tool that music has. And I think too, as writers, like sometimes we feel like we need to put in more, like we're like, oh, I need to explain this. I need to do more. But I think it's okay to leave some of that stuff out sometimes and let people interpret it in yeah. their own way. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about like your, I don't know if there was one, a theme, your background, like what you were thinking when you were putting this EP together. Was there like a space that you wanted this music to occupy, occupy for you? Um, I think a lot about, um, this is really, the EP is the accumulation of, all of the writing I've ever done because I, like as a musician or singer songwriter, because mm -hmm. music is fairly new for me as a dream. Um, I was a dancer my whole life. So these songs are from my first writing trip. And so in a way it's kind of just like a statement of stuff that matters to me. Mm -hmm. And that what I've learned to trust, like lumps them all together and recurring themes are, you know, acceptance and looking for acceptance even if you feel like a freak or a weirdo or an outcast i think that's a um motif that i can't help but write about being a queer person who experiences marginalization and who is passionate about diversity um but i also i think since that was the first angle i wrote from was like i want to write anthems that make people feel accepted i did end up with a lot of like prince hero like I'm the good guy songs and I was like what about like being the bad guy because mm. in my live performance persona that made me first start singing at all I was always playing more of the bad guy and um that's a really exciting side of my persona as a performer so I try to round it out with some of my other experiences which are just you know personal retellings of moments I've experienced often circling back to love like confident is just about the moment I knew I was going to break up with someone because I lost their loyalty. Hmm. Uh, so I guess it's just a pretty candid, like there's no character in this EP. It's just like stuff I've lived and thought and felt. Yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of blown away that this is like your first, your first music. Cause it's, it feels really mature. And, and, um, you know, I, I, I found it really well done well-written, well-produced, well-thought-out. I've been lucky to, like, attract people who have, have helped me, like, have a quality of production. And I mm -hmm. think the majority in my writing comes from, like, I have lived a lot of life. Like, I have been performing since I was three. So I know what feels authentic to me. Mm -hmm. And I know what – I have a, like, quality standard for authenticity. But I also – um I take storytelling really, really seriously. And I've also like grown up on stages, like as a singer, I started singing in a dance company and like then suddenly was just singing whether or not I could five nights out of the week. So I feel like that's something that not all people who can make music from their houses now get the experience to, to do, to like have to cut their teeth in clubs or anything like that. So I definitely feel like I have um, a sense of what I like and don't like. It's just 
if there's anything that I feel like I have a lot to learn, it's like harnessing what sounds I really like because I am also an actor mm -hmm. and I get really excited to embody all different kinds of characters. And I feel like the easy way out would be like, I'll just do it all organic. All my albums will be organic to keep everything together. But then I'm really excited by pop music and I'm excited by the hyper real and the larger than life. Yeah. So like, um, harnessing like my sound is tough as an artist because I'm really excited by stepping into different roles. But, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I tried to just trust that first EP, it's like just a pretty frank delivery of my first stories. Yeah. I think that's okay. Like you, I mean, it's nice for you to introduce yourself in that way. And that's, that's a really great way for people to get to know you as a musician. Um, but then it's kind of okay to explore around and, and people do that really successfully. And it's refreshing um, mm -hmm. for somebody to, to, you know, step into another role as a musician later in their music career. And you're like, yeah, I still hear that little bit of them from over there, but now they're over here too. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so hard as an artist to listen to yourself when you have been in other phases. Like, yes, <laughs> somebody made me play one of my songs from like the beginning of my career. And I was like, oh, my God, my affectations are embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> but, you're like, what was I thinking? Good. Yeah, but I'm sure I'll feel that way about these records in five years. And it's like, as an artist, you're it's your job to be okay with putting stuff out there that you're going to hate in five years, I guess. Yeah, but I think sometimes, like, you might hate it in five years, but then 10 or 20 years, you look back and go, you know what? I see what I was trying to do there, and it was a step in another direction I wanted to go, and that's okay. Like, I think we're really hard on ourselves. And, yeah, and it's hard yeah. to look at yourself. Like, I feel that way about photos, too. Like, yeah. sometimes I'll take a photo and be like, no, it's not what I thought it looked like. And then a year later, you're like, wow, you, you're, you look you're great. You fine. <laughs> I know. That's so true, right? That's so true. It's like hearing your own voice, too, is like such a weird experience. Takes some getting used to. Oh, my God. Hey, guys, want to check out some amazing female artists? Please check in with the management group and MTS Records, and they are proud to work with some of the best women in music. Artists like number one New Music Weekly country artist Ashley Puckett, iTunes chart-topping jazz singer Louise Cappy, two-time Blues Music Awards nominee Miss Freddie, chart-topping blues duo Soulful Femme, one million-plus Spotify streaming country artist Pamela Hopkins, and the Queen of Pittsburgh blues artist Teddy Brunetti. They are all incredible. you got to check them out. These women are among some of the hottest, hardest-working artists in the business, and MTS is blessed to call them not only clients but family members. So come on and check out these amazing female artists within the MTS family. They all rock and you can find them all at mtsmanagementgroup.com. I noticed that you did um, a lot of co-writing for the album, and I wanted to ask you about that experience and maybe what your co-writers, like, did they bring you into new places that you maybe wouldn't have gone or didn't think of going um, as you were working yeah. on the project? I got to yeah. travel a lot, actually, to make it. I wrote a lot of these songs in my first writing trip in the U.K. with mm. songwriters like... I call them by Odge and Jim, but it's Odge Buffon and Jim Dugoid and um, Martin Tarif, Amy Wadra. I just did a session with over Zoom to write Could Be Good and I have another one with her tomorrow. That um, song is so awesome. Yeah. I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, it's a magic, magic treat. Like we wrote that song in like three hours. I don't, it's a, the amalgamation of like 
paying attention to your life and what inspires you for the lyrics. And then like, honestly, Amy just being amazing with melody and being so affirmative of whatever mm. um, mood I feel like I'm in and saying, yes, I think that's amazing. Like it's co-writing. It's so important to me because I really do get in my head about whether or not an idea is worthwhile. And it's just so nice to have um, somebody else in the room, either bounce it back at you and say yes, or like, cause I, I'm very, very particular about the lyrics being my words, but mm. it's still just really nice to have another head in the room say like, that's sick. Or like that one <laughs> really weird to like change that one word you know what I mean yeah I think so too like when you when you start writing and then there's this one spot that you get stuck in it always helps to have somebody like pull you out of it and make you look at it in a different way or because sometimes it's really hard to to like throw that piece away or think about it like oh maybe I should approach it from over here and Mm -hmm. uh I think a co-writer can help you get over that bump (laughs) definitely if I wasn't in rooms with other people I'd make really um really indulgent long poetry form (laughs) albums (laughs) maybe they help you edit your your thinking in your uh your creative process but and maybe I'll release those poetry albums later down the line (laughs) yeah maybe um you I'm sorry, I'm not as familiar with your acting, to be honest with you, but now I have to go check it out, I think. <laughs> but um, you had some music involved in, in one of the shows that you're in, right? So mm-hmm. um, can you share a little bit about that and, and how that song um, sort of came to be? Yeah, um, I wrote King of Shadow with Kyle Kelso in his studio. We wrote it on an acoustic guitar, really, really um, intimate, slow, whispery, folky and then um, he ended up just like producing it out. And at first I was like, I don't know, it's so big. And then I sang it as big as it is and loved it. So um, then we basically I, I got cast in Trinkets on Netflix um, in part because of my music, mm-hmm. which is cool because the um, the person who cast me and who wrote it, her name's Kiwi, Kristen Smith. She wrote 10 Things I Hate About You. And mm-hmm. she's always finished champion of original music in her work that movie has a lot of live musicians in it the soundtrack's iconic um and I was just very lucky that she cared about this character being a musician um and also hopefully I also got the role because I should have as an actor um it really resonated with me it's based in my hometown in Oregon oh, and that's fun yeah. yeah and I basically played like uh pansexual cocky mogul of the Portland vintage scene and was just like very forward and hit on the lead and I was just like a really cocky like heartthrob which was really fun and I had always wanted to play a queer heartthrob mostly because I feel like queer people in film are always like costumed to look queer or Mm -hmm. they always cast someone who looks very other Um, and it was exciting for me to look just like myself and play Mm -hmm. something I would do and I think it's more important that we keep seeing that in film just like that queer people aren't necessarily mm-hmm. don't necessarily have short hair and yeah. are wearing you know what I mean yeah for sure yeah I think that's really cool and and I I love the thought about um using real a real musician in a role that music matters um 
I was even thinking, like, before I talked to you, I'm like, oh, I wonder if she ever writes as, like, one of her characters. Have you ever, like, approached writing music as one of your characters instead of, like, yourself? Um, not really, no. I I really write just as myself, but I also am very method. So I guess yeah. a little, like, I sort of, like, when I play a role without intentionally, like, doing everything that person would do, I do sort of absorb their traits for the span of the time that I'm mm. playing them. And I somehow mimic their life. Like if they're romantically messy, my life gets a little romantically messy. And like, <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> it's real. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I, so I feel like in a way, I guess the characters definitely inform the songs, but I really like music as my opportunity to write as myself and to like, it's very cathartic for me to mm-hmm. check in on what I've been experiencing in my life. And it feels important that I tell my story because um, I think that like the personal as political is what mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. Can you share with me? I was reading a little bit about your work with the Ally Coalition. Can you share a little bit about that and, and that project and what like how you you're interacting with them? Um, the relationship to the Ally Coalition is uh like many years in the making. I think being queer in New York, you just sort of partner with people who are doing great things. But I'm excited that through Republic, we're doing some fundraising, we're doing some outreach for a good cause. I'm going to be speaking in some of their upcoming events. And um, I've also made a, a platform online called Give a Yes, which is an acronym for gay. It's a place That's where awesome. you- <laughs> Good acronym. <laughs> racking our brains people were we were thinking about like you know just general messages of positivity like a kind word of the day and I was like I want it to be gayer than that and what's gayer than like give a yes like (laughs) of positivity so it's a place that you can basically just call in and it's not exclusive to queer people it's for if you want to just leave a message for your fellow human you can but it's basically a portal with lots of audio messages that you can listen to maybe even leave a message to your younger self And it's a place where they're just connected because I feel like especially queer people, especially on Pride Month, there are all these performative movements on social media and stuff where you can like you can see the diversity and stuff. But if you you don't have parents or if you're in a small town, if you don't have parents that validate your pronouns or if you don't have a girlfriend in your small town or an actual queer family, like sometimes just hearing someone speak to you can be so grounding. Mm -hmm. Um, so hopefully it'll be a place with lots of positive messages for people who need to hear them. And uh, hopefully we'll raise money for queer youth and protect some trans kids. I love kids. that. I love that idea of just putting that positivity out into the, into the world too and, and, yeah. and being deliberate about it. Yeah. And hopefully at some point, um, you know, I've experienced some really cool installations with messages like mm-hmm. phones, physical rooms where you can walk through the room mm-hmm. and pick up a phone to listen. And like, I think since I'm so passionate about live performance and stuff maybe it could grow into something more interactive but for now since so many people are more at home and don't have access to the communities I think it'll be a cool place to visit yeah I love that well so great to meet you thank you for taking the time out to say hey great to meet you and ditto and I have to ask you which beach are you at Oh, I live in Massachusetts. I, I'm near Cape Cod, so I'm at this little tiny town called Onset Beach, Massachusetts. Amazing. And I'm like, I've been, uh, I've been hiding over here for a year <laughs> since the sun went down, and it's it's really lovely. I grew up here, so 
Back to my roots. Yeah. That's cool. I spent a lot of time in Oregon where I grew up too, over yeah. the pandemic. It's good yeah. to go back. It's kind of a nice place to, to be hanging out during all this, all this world stuff. But uh, one day I'll, I'll get back into the world. <laughs> See. Yeah. All right. You take Thanks. care. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. And please check out the amazing female artists in the MTS Management Group roster. You can find them all at mtsmanagementgroup.com.